Welcome to Lit with Kelly and Jacqueline, the podcast. If you're one of the people who have stopped by our blog at litwithkellyandjacqueline.com, thanks for reading and for finding us here. If this is the first time you've heard of us, we're glad you found the podcast. I'm Kelly. And I'm Jacqueline. And we're back here in the book cave for another edition of our podcast here. Um, We don't have any animals with us today either. Um, They all bailed on us. Just saw the last one go upstairs. So it's just... Myself and Jacqueline and uh, our audio engineer, Tim. That's okay. We're the only ones people are here to hear. Right. right? (laughs) (laughs) They're here to hear us. Right. (laughs) Good. All right. So we're here today for episode 16, Mm -hmm. and we're going to be talking about Last Couple Standing by Matthew Norman. And I had a lot of thoughts about this book, so I'm excited to talk to you about this. Mm -hmm. Um, But first, let me give a little summary. This is a book about... Four couples who have been friends for like 20 years, and um, they've reached a point where three of the four couples in the last year of their lives here have gotten divorced. And so we are left with Mitch and Jessica, who have decided to engage in a sort of experiment to uh, (laughs) save their marriage. But they're not even entirely sure that their marriage needs to be saved, but they're going to make sure that they don't get to the divorce point anyway. And so this is the story of the arrangement they make and how that goes. Right. <laughs> so we'll get into the spoilers about that later. So for our drink choice uh, today in the book, uh, Jessica and Mitch stand in their kitchen and have a lot of serious conversations while eating uh, golden Oreos. Yes. So Jacqueline found this drink called the Drunken Golden Oreo Milkshake. So that's what we're drinking today. So it calls for bourbon, but I substituted Irish whiskey. Jameson's Irish, Irish whiskey. It was a fine substitution. <laughs> vanilla vodka, uh, crushed golden Oreos inside, ice cream, of course, and then milk, and you blend it all together. Um, and then, of course, optional, which we chose to put on, <laughs> was is uh, whipped cream and then more crushed golden Oreos. So... Um, that's what we have to drink today. So we're going to taste it now. So cheers. cheers. Oh, wow. Mm. Mm. Listeners, if you ever get a chance to have a drink made by Kelly, I highly, <laughs> highly recommend it. She's a fancy bartender. I am. Oh, that's This good. is in a really like tall, skinny, nice glass with a lovely, like perfect pile of whipped cream on top and the crushed golden Oreos. But it, um, yeah, the whiskey's not hidden in there, which is great. Mm. And we're going to put a photo and the recipe on the blog so That's you can really good. have a chance to try this. Um, I hate to say it because last week's, you know, the last time the drinks were real pretty, but this is way better than that rum drink we had last <laughs> time. I liked my last, mm-hmm. my rum drink. My rum drink was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. But I like oh, the... I just got a clump of the Oreo frosting. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like the, I I think I like the, I'm not sure I would like bourbon. I don't know. Oh, it's real good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nice work, Kelly. Mm -hmm. Guys, it's amazing what you can find if you just Google search a weird phrase from the book. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's all kinds of good recipes out there. And of course, for our snack today, because we had to have a snack, we have a plate of golden Oreos. So yeah. if you hear us crunching during out or a mouth yep. full of food, that's what we're doing. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. We're having a serious conversation. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> you so, need that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Okay. 
All right. So before we get into any spoilers on Last Couple Standing, what are you reading now, Kelly? So I'm working my way through Cast. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, just started it. Um, it's going to be one of those longer ones that I have to put down and pick back up. Mm-hmm. Not big on nonfiction that much. Um, and then I just finished, which was a recommendation by our our guest sidecaster, yeah. Jen, <laughs> way back on episode 10. Um, she recommended Red, White, and Royal Blue, mm-hmm. which was really, really good. Uh, and then I'm working on our next podcast one, too. Okay. So. All right. Um, I just finished Girl A by Abigail Dean. Mm. Um, came highly recommended by our girl Ellen. Yeah, it's um, it's a psychological thriller, sort of torn from the headlines. It's about a, a young woman who uh, was part of a group of siblings who were like held captive by their parents, and um, like from page one, you know that she's. Uh, like she's out and she's built this life for herself, but it's you sort of work backwards through what oh, okay. happened, mm-hmm. and she's attempting to reconnect with her siblings because their mother has died, and and surprisingly has left them an inheritance that now she has to deal with. Oh, and wow. so, um, it was good. It, um, I won't say anything. Ooh, I don't want to give anything away, but it was good. If but but don't read it if you're not into like slow building psychological stuff. That's, yeah, that's the appeal of this one. I'm reading, or I'm listening to, They Went Left, which is one of the audiobook winners from the um, ALA Awards this year by Monica Hesse. Okay. Uh, it's another World War II fiction, but this one is aimed at uh, a YA audience, though. You know how I feel about that. Right. Balderdash. It's all, <laughs> it's all for everyone. Right. And um, I'm, I'm in the middle of two nonfiction books right now, which is highly unusual for me, but one came recommended by my new library director and one came recommended by a bunch of book reviews so the first one is chatter by ethan cross and that's sort of uh the importance of your inner voice but how to make it work for you instead of like it it making you second guess everything that you're doing Hmm. and think again is by adam grant this one is real buzzy in um journals right now and it um talks about like challenging your own perspectives and biases and being open to changing your the way that you think instead of just like sitting in your comfort zone so i'm just getting into both of those but and i have to and like you said i I bought chatter so that i can make notes (laughs) do all the things i need to do um and so i yeah so i'm in the middle of a lot of things right now okay so are we ready to talk about the spoilers in last couple standing yes okay yes so three, two, one. Spoiler alert! Here we go. All right, this is another one of those books which made me extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> oh my gosh! What? Uh, what about it made you uncomfortable? <laughs> <laughs> okay, first of all, their pact was extremely uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. The awkwardness of of the divorced couples trying to date, mm-hmm. or you know just tried to get out into the world again and they have no clue how to do it. It was just so awkward for the ones. Um, Just the children were in this... (laughs) I don't... The children knew way too much of what was going on (laughs) in the... Just by accident. And it was just... It it was funny, but it made me very uncomfortable. It's like, oh gosh, I was cringing all the time. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So let's first talk about their pact. Okay, right. but first I want to say yeah. that even though it was uncomfortable, I still really liked it. 
Oh, absolutely. I really liked this book. Yes. Um, it was a nice, like, I, I don't know. I guess I hadn't read anything. And this seems funny to say that it's like a lighter book, but I hadn't read anything light like this in a little while. And so I read it in one sitting because I was just like, oh, this is this is so nice to just be. <laughs> you know, it was a light book, and, but it was but a heavy very, topic. Yes. Very deep. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The emotions. And OK. Yeah. So, so when you're talking about the children, are you talking about just Jessica and Mitch's kids, or are you talking no, about I'm talking all, about of all the kids of that were in- Scarlett, Luke, okay. Jessica? I mean, uh, Emily and um, June. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of them. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. So well, let me just start by saying that they were so in this book, Jessica and Mitch are are at or approaching their 15th year of marriage. And immediately I was struck by that because I'm also approaching my 15th anniversary. My husband and I have been together longer than that, but our 15th wedding anniversary is coming up. And so immediately I was like, oh, these, okay, these people are like exactly where I'm at in life, right? But I mean, we don't have the, we don't have the kids, but um, yeah, so that was like immediately I was sort of like, I felt a kinship, but that's where it stopped. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's where it stopped. Right. I, their their arrangement was not. Oh, anyway, yes, the kinship was where. Oh yeah, this is exactly where I'm at, and then then it wasn't. Right. So. Then the thought process just goes right. way out there. Right, so right, right. Basically, it's the four couples. They've known each other since college, right? Before mm-hmm. they were married, and then of course they grew up and went to college, and then they all got married, and so now three of the couples are divorced, and Jessica and Mitch are the last ones standing, right? So then they decide, like you said that um, they don't know if they're heading toward divorce, but they need to make sure that they don't head toward divorce. Right. So the way they're going to do this is that they're going to go um, sleep with other people. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So yep. <laughs> that's where my feelings of kinship stopped. <laughs> <laughs> so, and they have these, so, you know, they both agree and they have these rules and I wrote down the rules. Okay. And here are their rules. Okay, so rule number one, you can't sleep with anybody that is a social media friend. Right. Yep. Uh, rule number two is no repeats. Can't, right. You can't sleep with anyone twice. It's just what you can. You know, there was no set amount. They were going to do this for a period of time. So there was no set amount of how many people you could sleep with during that time as long as you didn't repeat. Right. Um, nobody that you know, know. Which right. is... <laughs> What does that mean? A super vague rule. <laughs> right. Because I thought Jessica is somebody that they both kind of know. Now, you don't know, no. So if you use that rule, right? Wait, who is? Jessica's first. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, three questions only. So when they come back to discuss mm. sleeping with somebody else, the other person can only ask three questions. Right. But they did they agree that they had to tell? I'm trying to remember. I thought they did. Okay. Well, I Keep don't going. know. I'm going to find it. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Okay. And um they weren't allowed to tell anyone else about this. This was their secret, which just cracks me up. <laughs> so I mean, right. it's all the rules are broken in here. I'm right. And there were no naming names. So yes. you you couldn't like tell who who it was. But again, that rule was broken too, but anyway, it was just it was crazy. Yeah. Crazy. They, I don't think that they ever specified that they were or were not going to talk about it. It seems like that was maybe just like an unspoken agreement that 
if they, they needed to yeah, talk about it, then you would, got three yeah. questions, maybe. That was yeah. the kind of thing. But like, like I said, those rules just went by the wayside the first. Well, so that's <laughs> one of the, the things I wrote down about this particular book is that, like, this really speaks to the idea that, like, the best laid plans <laughs> oh my God. never work out. <laughs> right? Things look really good on paper. But unless everyone involved is buying into them, like, so they, they made these rules Amidst the two of them, right. not considering the people who would be the third and fourth and fifth and, you know, whoever parties mm-hmm. to this evolution, they called it. The evolution of their marriage. Right. <laughs> so Which just blows my mind. They thought that this would help them. That, that's another whole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, right. That, that, and we'll talk about that because I, I got some thoughts there. <laughs> The best laid plans. (laughs) Tim's weighing in. The best laid plans could have been the alternate title of this book. (laughs) You're very right. And you know, when I made that note, I giggled to myself. (laughs) So there's that. Um, So, but it does. But if you're like, if the people who are making the plans buy in, that's one thing. But like, you have to think about the other people who are going to be involved. If they are not buying into the plan from the beginning, these, these are worthless rules. Well, and you so, know, you go back to so Jessica's the first one, right? Who and you know, there's a uh, they even say in there that it's like it's very easy for a woman to find somebody because mm-hmm. Mitch had a hard time, mm-hmm. <laughs> not for lack of trying, no, but but he was only half heartedly well, trying. I think. Yeah, uh, so she decides to uh, the hot waiter where they had their dinner one night. Yeah. Yes, you know, she decides that that's him, and so. Um, and Mitch knows him. I mean, knows of him. Of him. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, doesn't know, know, know him. him. <laughs> so, I mean, I would say within days, Jessica's boom done her first one, right? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. It's not yeah, very long. Yeah. Yep. And so when she comes back, you know, she tells him that, you know, this is what she's done. And then he just has all these feelings that I don't know that he was expecting to have. No one anticipated jealousy. Right. Which is funny. Which is very funny. Because I feel like that would have been the number one thing that well, anyone would have been concerned about. Oh, well, right. It's, yeah. And so he had a hard time struggling. Like, she was trying to keep him to three questions, and he kept asking. She's And she kept saying, yeah. do you really want that to be your one of your questions? And he was like, no, yeah. no, strike that. Strike that. Well, and it's worth noting that Jessica is a psychologist. Yes. Or a psychiatrist. One of them. Yes. And so she... Analyzes people for a living. Right. And so um, so the question thing, I think, was really important to her because she was trying to keep it clinical almost. Yes. Yeah. Without yeah. the emotion, right? Right. But anyway. because And it was her when they were discussing this because as you're reading the book, you find that they, they've they had like a five-part discussion about this once. The first one, was, they, <laughs> right. which Mitch, Mitch thought was a joke. And then, and it leads to this, you know, this arrangement. And I feel like they made, did they make the arrangement when they were high? Did they make the rules when they were high? I think they I did. Think they did. Yes, they were eat. They were smoking but, pot and uh, eating golden Oreos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they made these rules. <laughs> right. And um, and she says like romance and love are things that you feel where, and I think this is almost a direct line or a direct quote. Monogamy is a rule that we've established, and so she's trying very hard to approach it from like a scientific right. point of view. But also, she keeps thinking about this bartender. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so it's she's sort of a walking contradiction. Um and going back to the friends, so talking about, you know, the best laid plans, here's another cliche, right? Like the power of suggestion in this book is is impressive because they're like 
they're fine. Their their marriage is good. Like right. they're in a they're in a fine place. They're okay. They're living their life. You know, he asks her this question like we're happy, right? Like and and it's it's a seemingly innocuous question. Like it's pretty innocent and he's again eating Oreos or whatever. And she says, "But are we?" Exactly. And I'm not sure that he's like anticipating this giant question in answer to his seemingly innocent question. question. Right. And then but like they're she in the in the inner dialogue in the book, they're constantly like going back to, well, this is what happened to Amber and Alan, and this is what happened to I can't remember the other names, yeah, but um the, but but what if, but what if, but what if? And it's these three divorces in their friend group have like have really just like rocked them. And instead of just believing that they were okay. Right, right. And looking at what they had, they were really doing this comparison and and what was going on there. And, you know, is that happening here? And are we going to look at the same thing? And so that power of suggestion is real for them, like really real. And I th- that causes them to think that this is what they have to do. Right. right. And so let's let's go to Mitch. For, so Jessica's easily one and done, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, not done, but, you know. Well, she's got she her thinks first. it's going to be one and done. Right. And that, so Mitch tries, right? And so, you know, he, he corny, corny, corny pickup lines in the grocery store. Yes. And, you know, this is this is the part that's just so uncomfortable. It's Secondhand like, embarrassment, it's, man. I know. It's, it's like, oh, my God. No, no, no. So Jessica actually sets him up on a dating website, a hookup website, actually. Yep. Right? And so she sets him, you know. Somebody named L is. <laughs> Wait, oh. did you know who this was going to be? I I kind of did know who it was okay. going to be. I thought, oh, yeah, it's going to be so bad. It's going to be so bad. So, turns out that uh, Jessica and Mitch's next door neighbor, Ellen, and I can't remember her husband's name, James, James, are getting a divorce. He had moved out, and so they have a son named Luke, and he usually babysits for Jessica and Mitch. So Ellen is struggling too, and so she is who ends up at the bar with Mitch, and he doesn't know it. (laughs) Because, well, because Jessica put him on with a fake name. He did. She did, yes. And so, and then Ellen didn't go on officially with a fake name, but it was an abbreviated version of her name, so they they didn't put those two things together. Until Mitch is sitting in the bar and up walks his neighbor. And now he doesn't know what to do. Mm-mm. And the whole thing gets very uncomfortable. Oh, it does. Because he can't decide, should I tell her, should I not tell her? Because he's going to break a rule if he tells her. Right. Right? It's a, right. It's the whole, like, we're not supposed to tell anyone we're doing this. Right. And so he's it's a really sticky situation. It's a really sticky situation. <laughs> and then he drives her home. After she thinks she's been stood, stood up. up. Yes. And he drives her home, and then and then she and she comes to it in the car. Somehow she realizes in the car yep. that he is actually her date. Yep. And then she does actually think that they should have yeah. sex. She makes and, a move on but, him. Yep. And uh, and and then of course Luke sees the car parked down the street because they're parked down. No, the- he sees her get out of his car in the oh, driveway. That's it. Yeah. 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 And can't figure out no, how well, they wound up together. together. Right. And immediately starts thinking the worst. Right. Well. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It's just so awkward. There's a lot of mis miscues and miscommunications in this one, and it's you're glad to know that it's fiction. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because 
<laughs> oh my god, these aren't really people that you know, right? As as entertaining yeah. as the story can be. Yeah. Did you catch the part about? Because way back when they're having their first conversation about it, like they're very they're very honest about the whole thing. Like they. She sees him checking out a girl in the bar. He doesn't try to deny it. You know, he's like, oh, you know, she's a pretty girl, whatever. But like neither one of them seems very threatened by it. But it cracked me up when they talked about how each of them had a celebrity list. Oh, yes. That they were. Yes. Yes. (laughs) It's like this. The first time I had ever heard about that sort of scenario, I suppose, was on a on TV was a TV show. I think it was Friends that they did it. And then in Friends, they actually he actually ran into one of his celebrities and it was really funny. But their list was hilarious. Like, but they were very realistic about the whole thing. Like they neither one of them expected that they weren't going to be attracted to anyone else. She keeps she keeps catching him looking at posters of Kate Upton. Right. That yeah. And she's just like, oh whatever. Like right. And and there's a whole scene where she's she's imagining what it would be like if he was with Kate Upton and she's like, you know, he's just so nice. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so she's, it's, you know, it's very, it, neither one of them seems to be like overly possessive or, you know, but, but, but they're in love and that's obvious. It was just funny right. that they acknowledge that it wasn't unexpected that either one of them would be like admiring other people. Just, oh, no. I just don't right. think they ever think thought they were going to get to the point where they would act on it. Right. And then, yeah. you know, when Mitch comes home from that date. Yes. Oh. He ends up lying to Jessica and saying, yes, I slept with somebody. And he, because, you know, because he didn't, he's being nice. Because he's being nice and didn't want her to feel bad because if he didn't sleep with someone, then she would feel bad. Then she, she might feel guilty for having done it. Right. Yes. And here, and here she's thinking, you know, all she can think about is. The waiter that she's already slept with and wants to go back and sleep with. Yes. <laughs> right. Okay. So, and she probably, I think it would have been different had she not forgotten her rings. Because she takes her rings off the first yes. time she's there and leaves them there accidentally. Or some I don't know. Probably accidentally. And so she has to contact him again to get those back. And then instead of just, like, blocking his number, which... She, according to the rules, probably should have done. Right. She engages in, like, a text flirtation Mm -hmm. and some sexting going on. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, goes back to his house, which now is breaking all the rules. All rules, rules, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, when she goes back to the house, that's another awkward, 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 (laughs) awkward moment. (laughs) So... It turns out. Oh, God. That was so bad. I did not see that coming at all. No, I did not. But I kind of had just a little suspicion. Like, not Did that, you? I'm going to have a cookie Yeah. while no, you tell this part. Somehow, I just kind of, like, I don't know why. It's just in the back of my head. I, I don't know. Um, but so she and so Jessica's a therapist, and she has this <laughs> senior high school girl. Her name is Scarlett. And Scarlett has these issues where she's looking for uh, attention, approval, whatever. So she sleeps with just about anybody. So she's <laughs> met this guy, right? And she's been telling Jessica about him that he loves her and, you know, whatever. His name is Darnell. Well, guess what? Turns out that Darnell is the waiter's roommate. And so when Jessica goes back for the second time to sleep with the waiter, she comes downstairs to leave and Scarlett is there. And it's like this. Just this very awkward moment. Because Scarlett does not seem like the kind of person you could trust to not share that information <laughs> everywhere. No. <laughs> not at and all. And in fact, <laughs> I wrote down a quote about her 
page 224. <laughs> Information was like a virus, and this girl was patient zero. <laughs> <laughs> That's the perception of Scarlet in the book. Oh, gosh. Because, Just, well, because the important part is that she Scarlet is a student of Mitch's. Yes. And also the patient of Jessica. Yes. And then she tells Luke mm-hmm. what she sees. Mm-hmm. And so that's where... And Luke already thinks that Mitch is sleeping with his the mom. The worst, so right. This is what I'm saying. Those poor kids, they were thinking, what yeah. are these adults doing? <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, their own children, Emily and Jude, hear them discussing, like, staying together, not staying together, right. again, over Golden Oreos one night. Right. And they hear them on the stairs, and they're like, oh, God, what did our kids hear? Because I, like, they, I don't think they were seriously considering breaking up. I just think they were evaluating where they were. But then, of course, they assume the worst because the kids are, like, whispering and running back to their rooms or whatever. The The end of this book goes downhill really fast. Like, the situation goes downhill. Oh, it does. The writing was great. Yeah. <laughs> the story was great. <laughs> the situation goes downhill in a hurry. Right. So let's talk about the ending. So here we have Luke knows, Scarlet knows. Yes. <laughs> but he's but Luke still thinks that Mitch has slept with Ellen. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Which we which we know has not happened. Jessica does not know. Correct. So it all comes to a, <laughs> to a head. Uh, so Mitch goes out to the grocery store one Sunday morning early, and Luke is leaving at the same time. And Luke's and Luke has this brand new Jeep mm-hmm. that he's just now learning how to drive. And uh, so he sees, uh, and he's so angry at Mitch. Yep. So very angry at Mitch. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking because he thinks that he slept with his mom. And so when um, Mitch is coming down the road, Luke just plows into him with his vehicle. Right. And there's this big crash. But in the meantime, <laughs> Ryan, who's the waiter, Ryan is the waiter, right? Mm-hmm. And who we should note is considerably younger than Jessica. Oh, yes. Yeah. Quite a bit younger. Yes. And uh, so he's come to her house and because he's made her a table and he's standing outside. <laughs> he's standing outside the driveway <laughs> trying to get her to come down. So they all come. D- so they come down and then uh, Emily and Jude come down, which are the children. So they're all outside and then Scarlett shows up. Yes. But but Ryan is there not just to give her a table, to, but to like profess his his, his love. love his undying right. love for Jessica right and to say like I feel like we could have something while she's standing on her front lawn <laughs> with, with her children, children and her husband, husband and the neighbors <laughs> and this car crash and he picks this moment to say I think we could have something oh, it's, just, it's just like oh and my she was gosh like, shut up like what are you doing here oh yeah and, and then Ellen ends up coming out and then that's when Jessica discovers Ellen was L. Right. And Luke finally confronts his mom, and his mom is mortified that, you know, he yes. thinks that, you know, they slept together. And 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 still, Mitch is so nice. He's like, but Ellen, you look lovely that night. Well, I, I, yeah. <laughs> you're just He's a great person. He's very much like a peacekeeper. <laughs> right. It yeah. was just a train wreck. A train oh, wreck. Oh, God. So when Scarlett saw Jessica... In the apartment where they both were mm-hmm. at. Uh, Jessica, the next time that uh, Scarlett was in a therapy session with Jessica, Jessica told her that there are rules and we can't see each other anymore because you know too much or right. whatever, right? Scarlett was very upset about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's this one scene. It's on page 261. Hang on. Scarlett, Scarlett is just so funny. She, so Jessica says, 
Uh, Scarlet, that's sweet, really, but I explain why that's not possible. There are rules. Rules, Scarlet laughed and waved her hand at them, the whole group, the entire scene. You two are married. You're her side piece. I don't know you, but you're wearing your pajamas. There are two children here, which there probably shouldn't be. And you, you saw my boobs yesterday. He's talking about to Luke. Luke. <laughs> Yeah. It is. It was just like so funny. So all of a sudden, Scarlet is the adult, right? But she goes on. She does go. On. Those two cars are destroyed. We're in the middle of the suburbs. There are wood planks all over the street. Mr. Butler is bleeding. Does any of this look like following the rules to you? <laughs> Come on, take me back. <laughs> she makes a valid point. She does. Like these adults yeah. are crazy. Yes. I by the by the end of this, I I was I was casting the movie. I would love to see this movie. I don't know who I would pick yet. But I don't know, right. I was trying really hard to see to think about who I could imagine playing these roles because I would just this scene would be an amazing ending to right. a feature length film. Right. Just a just a little bit about Amber and Alan. Mm-hmm. So Amber and Alan are one of the couples that divorced. And so Alan <laughs> finds and what you know, they're in their forties, right? Uh-huh. So he finds a twenty something girl. And uh, just head over heels in love and, you know, eventually wants, professes his love and then she dumps him. Right. Right. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> right. And um, anyway, there's this one part where um, the guys are all together. All the husbands were are together. And uh, Alan's girlfriend calls and wants to bring over friends. Right. Mm-hmm. So th- four 20-somethings and these four 40-somethings. So anyway, there was the opportunity that Mitch could have actually hooked up with somebody, you know. Yeah. It was because everybody else sort of paired off type mm-hmm. of thing. And he could have. And then I don't and know. And he was having a nice time talking to that he woman. Wa- yeah. And then he saw the sad bunk beds. <laughs> yes. He walked by the um, uh, Alan's children's bedroom that was being set up for them. And he looked at that and he's like, no, he just ended up leaving. Yep. It's just that, you know, his heart was never in it. I, I think again that laid out on paper it seemed like because because he, he and he because he concedes that when when they're making the plan he's like this was strange that they were talking about it but it was fun like he concedes in the in the in the text it was a fun thing to talk about so I think that the idea of it he was on board with it wasn't but but once things got real right then he wanted I think he was very hot like half heartedly participating right. And there was a line where Ryan said, your husband is crazy. If you were mine, I wouldn't want to share you. And that makes Jessica like a little, like, ooh, that hurts a little, right? Like, but I wasn't sure if that was like making her feel guilty or if it was. you know, basically she's the only one. Right. (laughs) You know, how do you carry that around? You know. Well, and so leading up to the Saturday morning chaos, on the Friday night when they both come home, he's left the party with the 20-somethings and he's gone home. And she had gotten a call from Luke, who was babysitting at the last minute, saying the kids were freaking out because they were afraid of E.T., e. which right. I can't, I, which is too much to unpack here. But right. they were afraid of E.T. And they they met at home, like in the, like on the sidewalk leading up to the house. Right. And they both just sort of like agree. You know what? We're like, we're just going to pretend this never happened. Right. I don't want to know where you've been. I'm not going to tell you where I've been. Let's just go in pretend that all of this was just a nightmare right and they they seem to be on the same page about that and then saturday morning happens and right. it's just right yeah now hope, so you know i hope they worked it out well right because you don't know it just kind of ends and everything is fine but you know in, yeah in real life 
huh, there's a lot of latent stuff that's going to come back. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Because, yeah. They, yeah. I hope that, well, so at the end of the book, they, um, they're back to date night. Right. 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 And, um, you know, the the end of it leads us to believe that they're going to be okay. Correct. I hope that's true. I hope that if Matthew Norman was going to write a sequel, we would find them at their 30th anniversary party right. or something. But so, whoever thought that was a great idea to save the marriage because, or, you know, to ensure that you, I mean, seriously. No. Well, and then we find out like later. So Alan, the one who's been dating the 20 year old after she dumps him and he's having this like heart to heart with Mitch, which I'm going to interject here. I, okay. I, I can relate to Mitch in this book when he's talking about, or when he's, calling all of his friends and the friends are texting and the friend picks up and he's like you and your need to like talk about it and i was like i am also one of those people like i would much rather talk on the phone, phone than text a message well, important conversations absolutely yes so i was so that's just like a little aside i, I really <laughs> i felt for mitch when he wanted to call and talk things through i was like me too man and i'm one of those rare people right now that because i know lots of people are like don't don't call me oh. if you have anything to tell me you can send it in a text message. And I would much rather just talk it through with you right. for 10 minutes instead of going back and forth. Right. But that's neither here nor there. So when he calls and, and you know, he's like, sorry, man, to hear about your breakup. And, and Alan, like, then he starts, like, really laying out the truth. And he's like, this sucks. He's like, don't let your wife go. Like, what you have is the way. He's like, I don't. This is awful. He's like, your grass is so much greener. Don't do what we did. <laughs> and I'm, I'm pretty sure Amber said the same thing. Like, one of the wives said the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it was how difficult. It was. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, I really liked the book. I, I did thought too. it was funny. I liked the characters. I just thought they're these people are crazy, and uh, it was a big plan. A big plan. Yes, with bigger consequences. <laughs> but yeah. So and I and I say again to any movie writers we know who are listening, I feel like you should try to get the rights to this because right. it would make an excellent ninety minute film. I think so too. Absolutely. So, yes. Kind of like reading a sitcom. Yeah, manuscript type yeah. Of thing. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't drag this out into ten episodes. No, no. But I would definitely, I would, de- I'd watch a two-hour movie about this for sure. We liked this book. We would give it two thumbs up. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Okay, great. All right. Um, what are we reading for the next episode? We are reading "The Wife Upstairs" by Rachel Hawkins. Okay. And this is supposed to be a cross between a, a Jane Eyre mm. and a. Rebecca. Okay. And uh, so I thought, hmm. Yeah. We'll see. We liked Rebecca. We did. Did you, you ever did. read Jane Eyre? Uh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not. I didn't necessarily <laughs> like that one, but I read it. Um, but yeah. Too many so. words. Um, yeah. So so Kelly's going to read it. I'm going to listen to it. Um, and we're going to bring our little compare contrast for formats there. So, mm-hmm. um, so we'll see you back here in two weeks for our review of The Wife Upstairs. In the meantime, we'll be bringing you new content at litwithkellyandjacqueline.com. And if you follow us on Facebook, you will get updates for when those are available. We're going to put the boozy milkshake recipe up on the blog for you mm-hmm. pretty soon. Mm-hmm. So you'll be able to uh, make one of those while you listen to this episode. So enjoy that. And we'll see you back here in a couple of weeks for episode 17. Talk to you then. Cheers.